Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. Today's program is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show on a one-time basis at support.greatdetectives.net or become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. Just go to patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, I want to begin by, first of all, thanking Clarence Gilliard, who recorded a lovely promo for us and for us starting uh, Tales of the Texas Rangers on the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. I didn't know exactly how it would work, but in terms of people enjoying the ad and responding favorably to it, it was way more successful than I could ever have imagined. And I hope some folks are listening to this podcast who might not have been uh, if not for the ad. Clarence Gilliard was an actor whose work I first encountered when he was playing Conrad McMaster's on Matlock. But to great many people, the role that he will forever be remembered for was the role that came after that, when he played uh, Ranger Jimmy Trevat on Walker, Texas Ranger. Tales of the Texas Rangers first came to radio in 1950. It was one of several series that was launched after the groundbreaking success of Dragnet in 1949. Prior to Dragnet, it's safe to say that the hottest genre for radio dramas was the hard-boiled detective. And it had been for a few years. And certainly it would not go away with the launch of Dragnet. But what became truly hot in radio for the next several years were realistic crime shows. And we've heard a few of them in recent months, such as Squad Room, which was pitched as focusing on interrogations. The lineup, which was pitched as focusing on police lineup. And despite the uh, distinctions that the shows tried to stake out, the case with many of these urban crime dramas, if you'd heard one and liked it, you would probably like uh, another Uh, when it came to Dragnet clones, unless it wasn't particularly well done. All kind of blend if you're not paying too much attention. Yet some found a way to stand out. We played The Silent Men recently, which was unique for its focus on a variety of different federal agents. And then we have Tales of the Texas Rangers. The show's producer, Stacy Keats Sr., managed to persuade the Rangers, who were a little bit hesitant about publicity, that the show would actually be a good idea. The Texas Texas Rangers became officially involved in the series in the same way that the LAPD was involved in Dragnet or the FBI was involved in This Is Your FBI, with stories that were based on actual case files from the Texas Rangers from between 1928 and 1948. Of course, before the series could make it to air, an audition had to be recorded and presented to the networks. So we're going to go ahead and take a listen to this audition recording. The audition date is April 10th, 1950. Let's take a listen. 
Texas Rangers. Texas Rangers, first to advance, last to retreat. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles. And 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. From the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. To a Texas Ranger may go as many as four assignments a week. A case may lead him into the remotest corner of the plains or the crowded streets of the biggest cities. But wherever he goes, he commands respect. To Texans, his badge is the symbol of security. This is Ranger Jace Pearson. The case we call by just a number began on the morning of July 15th last year. The Stevens Ranch, located just about in the middle of Carson County, was where it started. Started when the Stevens kid, aged nine, came running up a long drive to his house. Billy. Mom, I, I saw it. I saw it. What did you see, Billy? Answer me, son. What's the matter? Carl. Carl. Carl was... And his mom and dad. Son, tell me what's wrong. Emmy. Emmy, I saw Billy come running up. Sam, I don't know. Look at him. Billy, it's dad. It's me, son. Come on now. What's the trouble? Carl. Carl, I... He's talking about Carl Evans. Is that right, Billy? What about Carl? Something's wrong at the Evans place. Take care of Billy. I'm going to ride over there. Sam Stevens saddled a horse and rode to the Evans ranch over three miles away. What he saw there made him call the sheriff who arrived a half hour later. They're in here, Sheriff. All right, Sam. This, this is what Billy saw. Mm. Kid, all right. Hysterical when I left. Mm-hmm. Look here. Flatiron, Sam. Yeah. Don't touch it. Blowing Tom Evans was killed with it. And him. The kid, Carl. Yeah, little Carl. A kind of dirty... Who'd do a thing like this? It's gonna be hard finding out who did it. Hard? Yeah. Don't tell him when it happened. Oh. Yeah, I see. Reckon even the autopsy won't tell much. Not in this case. Sheriff Larkins was right. The triple murder had been committed too long before. No way of telling how long. The sheriff got in touch with the rangers and I was assigned to the case. Together... Sheriff Larkins and I went over the Evans place. There's a room, Ranger Pearson. Okay, Sheriff, let's have a look. Place is just like me and Sam Stevens found it. Uh, except in the bodies. Sure. Ah. Kind of a mess, isn't it? Was a lot worse. Any fingerprints, Sheriff? Nobody's touched anything, not even the phone. 
Been leaving the prints for you. Okay, I'll see what we can pick up. Meantime, we'll... Well, what are you looking at? Had any rain here lately? Rain? Nary a drop. Why? Look. Hmm. Looks like a little clump of mud got kicked under the bed. Mean anything? Maybe. Funny shape. Kind of like it came from the instep of a man's boot. So? Let's go outside. Sure. Only one way a piece of dirt could clump in a man's boot. If he walked in wet earth. Nice bone around here. So, chances are nobody around here had this piece of mud in his boot. It ain't likely. Now, wait a second. No. Different kind of earth here. Uh, Say, you got something to go on? Sure. Only one thing wrong. What's that? When was a man here? When did he kill Flo and Tom Evans? And Carol? Yeah, and why? Maybe, maybe if we learn when, the why will answer itself. How's that figure? <laughs> Don't know. Not yet. Well, let's get back to town. I want to match this clump of mud against the boots of everybody who went in that room. It ain't going to be hard. Only five people from around here. Not counting Evans's. Okay. Let's get back. Pretty well-kept ranch. Yep. Tom Evans liked it that way. Mm Mm-hmm. Wonder where I let that fence go. Fence? Which? Right here. Hey. What is it? The hogs. Hogs? Sure, Tom's hogs. This there sty. Ain't one here. Think the killer stole them? Come on. Here's why they're not here, Sheriff. This break in the fence. Figure the killer might have busted through? No. The hogs did, more than likely. Rails are broken through from the inside, see? Pushed out. Hogs did it. It'd be unlikely a man would steal hogs. Too easy for somebody to spot him. So why? Why what? The hogs broke out for some reason. Scared? Well, if the killer cut across the sty, there's no chance of finding his tracks not in here. Look, I, I wonder if I could talk to Billy Stevens. Right. So, but... Got an idea. Let's go. Hello, Billy. Huh? Nice pony, Billy. Yours? Oh. Yeah, he's mine. He don't know you, mister. Oh, I'll fix that. Hello, boy. You got a name, Billy? Uh-huh. Jinx. <laughs> Fixing for trouble, huh? Mm, got a good mouth. Fine legs. Good boy, Jinx. He don't let everybody pet him. Oh, I can't blame him for that. Oh, by the way, my name's Pearson, Billy. Jace Pearson. Howdy. Howdy. You come to see my dad? Well, matter of fact, Billy, I'd drop by to see you. Me? Yep. Ever see one of these, Billy? Texas Ranger badge. That's right. You... You a ranger? Sure am. Gee. Billy. Yeah, Ranger Pearson? Kind of... Need your help. Mine? Real bad, like. I... But... Sure. The other day, you went to see your friend. Carl. Carl Evans. Uh, I want you to remember something, Billy. It'll be a big help to me if you can. I ain't gonna think. Oh, not not about that, Billy. About the hogs. Hogs? Mm Mm-hmm. Did you see the hogs? Mr. Evans' hogs? That's it. Sure. I saw him. In the sty, huh? No, no, they were loose. Running around loose. Sure? Sure. 
running around making noise. And then I went up to the, the door. I knocked. Nobody answered. I went to the window. I looked in. I looked in and I... Fine, fine. I, Guess we'll write down about the hogs in my notebook. And I'll put it in my report. With my name? With your name. You'll probably get a letter of thanks from the colonel. I will? Sure thing. Well, Billy, be seeing you. Hey, can I tell the kids I helped the ranger? You want to? Gee, you betcha. Okay. You tell them I couldn't have done without you. After Billy told me what I wanted to know, Sheriff Larkins and I went back to the Evans Ranch. In the barn, we found three sacks of feed, two full and one with just enough taken out for one feeding of the hogs. Then I checked with the feed store in town. Sure, Tom Evans brought all his feed here. You got a record of the last time he's in, ma'am? Sure have. Right here in the camp book. Can I see it, ma'am? Certainly can. Anything for a ranger. Here it is. Right here. Uh, the 9th of July. That's right. Just... Six days for, for Billy Stevens. Uh-huh, six days before. Now, Pearson, any time you're ready, got all the people together who was in that room. Got on the same boots of war that day. Oh, thanks, Sheriff. Now, ma'am, you're sure it was the ninth? It was the ninth. Could have told you that, Pearson. A couple other folks saw Tom Evans here in town. Yeah, I know. So him and his family could have been killed any time between the ninth and the 15th. Yep. Uh, ma'am. Yes? Tom Evans say anything, uh, uh, in a hurry, anything like that? Why, yes. I remember him telling me he had to get back with feed. He was all out. Sure of that? Just sure as I'm standing here. Good. Thank you, ma'am. Let's go, Sheriff. Sure hope you get him. Thank you, ma'am. Everything fitting together? The murders were committed late on the 9th or early the morning of the 10th. Oh, I figure. Tom Evans bought feed on the 9th, three bags of it. And he said he was all out of feed at the ranch. He had to get home to feed the hogs. We found those bags of feed, Sheriff. Two of them unopened. Yeah, and the third... With just enough feed taken out for one feed. Sure. Tom fed the hogs on the night. But on the 10th, he didn't. Because he was dead. Murdered. Got something to go on at last. Yeah. Well, it is something. I guess so. But I'm counting more on this, Sheriff. A little piece of mud. Earth that came from someplace else, carried in by the... Murderer on his boot. How do you know it comes from someplace else? Ever see earth this color around here? No. I've seen this kind in Wheeler County. Wheeler? That's a long piece. So much the better. Better? Come on, Sheriff. I got a lot of questions to ask in a real short space of time to get them asked. Mud and hogs. Didn't sound or look like much. Meantime, the killer might have made tracks for any place in Texas. He might have headed for the border in New Mexico or got himself lost in the lonely stretches of New Mexico or in the big cities of Oklahoma. He had a whole week's start. Meantime, I reported back to my company captain, Clay Travis. He wasn't enthusiastic. There's not much to go on, Jason. Well, little enough, but working on a shoestring's better than nothing. How's a shoestring look? Never gets any longer. Anyway, Cap... Evans was in town on the 9th, and he went to the bank, drew out $100. Couldn't find that money on his ranch. Robbery? Yeah. The way I figured, the killer was surprised, grabbed this. A flat iron. 
Uh-huh. That iron's been gone over by the lad, and the only thing on it was blood. The evidences couldn't pick up a clean print any place in the murder room, either. Ever figure it mightn't have been a stranger? Sure. But I'm laying my money on that piece of mud. Oh, say, a report on it came from the Austin lab. You want to look at it? Sure do. Okay. There it is. Hey, you were right about Wheeler County. Mm-hmm. Looks like we're narrowing down a little. This particular sample found in southwest Wheeler County. Mm, still covers a good piece of territory. Yeah. But there are just so many ranches in that section. Branches? Oh, well, you figure your man might have worked on one, huh? Could be. The way I look at it, he wandered down into Carson County, into town, minus seen Evans with the money, tail into the ranch. Without being seen by anyone? That's my point, Cap. This time of year, there's a lot of folks passing through, looking for work. Ever pay much attention to one of them? Yeah, lots of times. Well, you're paid to do it. Other folks aren't. Not unless he acts up to attract attention. So you've got no description. Might get one in Wheeler County. You want to check every ranch there and send in samples of earth from every one of them. Be seeing you. How are you going? I'll take the radio car. Keep in touch that way. And I'd like to take this flat iron with me if it's okay with you. Yeah, it's okay with me. Oh, uh, better take a horse trailer, too. Something tells me when I find our man, it'll be someplace only a horse can get to. <laughs> Somewhere I once read that a man had found a needle in a haystack. Did it on a bed. Well, there was only one haystack. Southwest Wheeler County was one ranch after another, and every dead end I ran into gave the killer another break, a longer lead, a better chance to get away. And the man who found the needle knew what a needle looked like. We had no description. A needle stayed in one place. Our man could move around. I ask a lot of questions, all the same, every place I hit. Then on a ranch near Ramsell, I got the first real lead. Come on, have some coffee. We can talk. Don't go to any trouble. Trouble for a ranger? <laughs> you boys got any idea what you look like when you turn up? <laughs> Good or bad? Sun dust folks living out here all alone, that bad Joe wins like a handshake. <laughs> How'd you like something to eat? Well, it can't stay long, Mr. Williams. Oh, looking for somebody, huh? A murderer. Oh. Uh, can I help any? I don't know. It all depends. Depends on whether you hired any hands the last, oh, month or so. Sure, got some here now. You won't see them? No, no. Besides, I don't think my man would be here. Huh? But you're looking. You come here. I want to know if any hands left here around the ninth of the month. This month. Mm, ninth, ninth. Nope, didn't close out nobody on the ninth. The seventh do? Just about right. Closed out all that day. Orwell? You know him? Never laid eyes on him before I took him on a couple of months ago. Why'd he leave? Ornery cuss. Never got along with anybody. Always asking for his pay in advance. Had it spent before it hit his pocket. I want you to think carefully. Give me the best description of him you possibly can give. Every detail, how he talked, acted, looked, everything. Uh, you figure he's your man, huh? I don't know, Mr. Williams. Until I get a better lead, I'll trail this one. <laughs> Williams gave me Orwell's description. I sent it into company headquarters along with a sample of earth from the Williams Ranch. Then I kept checking. Yeah, here and there, Orwell had been seen. Got in a poker game, lost some money, picked up a few dollars doing odd jobs, but always moving westward toward Carson County and the scene of the murders. 
Meantime, I put in a call for Captain Travis through our Amarillo radio, KTXE. He was out, but an hour later he came through. Unit 3 to Unit 10. Unit 3 to Unit 10. Unit 10 to Unit 3. Unit 10 in Gray County, outside of Lafers. Anything for Unit 10? Just learned samples of Earth from Williams Ranch and murder scene established identical. Your description of suspect sent out on all points bulletin, but suspect may be across border by now. Unit 10 believes suspect still in state. Why Unit 10? When suspect left Williams Ranch, he had his pay. Didn't keep it long. Evidence indicates suspect a drifter. Probably thinks he's safe by now and won't move fast. Highway patrols and ranger units near borders alerted. Suspect's previous travel habits indicate he stays to back trails. Uh, which direction you moving, Unit 10? Unit 10 moving west toward Carson County. We'll keep Unit 3 informed. Unit 10, 10 4. Covered every ranch, every farm. Traveling by radio car when I could and on horse when I had to leave the highways. Once or twice I got a dim lead on Orwell, but he was like Quicksilver. He kept moving. The more he did, the more I was convinced he was the killer. And then I just got over into Carson County when Captain Travis contacted me by radio. Unit 3 to Unit 10. Unit 3 to Unit 10. Unit 10 to Unit 3. Go ahead, Unit 3. Another lead on Carson County suspect. This one's still smoking. Just came in. Here it is, Unit 10. A man answering suspect's description reported seen near Pelly Ranch up near Amarillo. We'll investigate. Unit 10, 10 4. I've covered the 60 odd miles to the Pelly Ranch near Amarillo in something less than an hour. Got in touch with the foreman and told him what I wanted. But he told me. Got no hand named Orwell, Ranger? Sure? Darn sure. And you describes a poke named Martin. That doesn't mean a thing. Probably a phony name. Sure, could be. What do you want to do about it? Where is this Martin? Riding fence, north of here. I want to get to him. Not in your car. I got a horse. You'll need it. But look here. If this guy's what you say, he ain't going to stay long in one place. Hands got paid off yesterday, and Martin's headed for the north fence early this morning. Where'd he start from? I can show you. Come on. You see, this Orwell was riding a sorrel. That's what he left the Williams Ranch on. Well, this Martin's riding a plaque. Man can change horses as well as his name. Sure. You see him start out this morning? Yep, rode as far as the edge of the corral with me. Tell him what I want it done. That'll help some. Looks like it'll be a trailing job. Yes, guess so. Well, here's where he started from. Big mess of tracks here. I'm telling which one's Martin's horse. But he ride off alone? Uh-huh, straight north, heading for the finch. Well... Thanks a lot. I'll see if I can pick him up. I rode for two hours, cutting back and forth in an arc trying to pick up the trail. Then I got a break. Someone had pulled up at a stream to... Water his horse, and there were boot tracks in the soft earth around the stream. A cigarette butt that hadn't been smoked too long before. Paper was still fresh. The horse's tracks didn't go north from there. They turned off due west and kept along the bank of the stream. Looked like Orwell or Martin was keeping close to water. That meant he wasn't going to ride any north fence, but was heading for the border of New Mexico. He wanted good camping spots handy. 
Well, it looked like Martin was my man. I didn't know. For sure. It was late afternoon when I spotted him, riding up ahead, well off the Pelly Ranch. I put my badge away and my guns under my shirt and caught up with him. Who's there? Howdy. Howdy. Yeah, I've been, been trying to find you. What for, mister? Boss sent me out. Boss? Sure, back at Pelly's. Looking for me? Yeah, looking for you. Why? What for? Seems like there's a big break in the north fence. Stock's getting through. That all? Well, you're a long way from the north fence, and seems to me you're riding the wrong way. Seems to me it's none of your business, mister. I thought you were working for Pelly. Nope. Now come. Quick. Yeah? You tell Pelly? Nope. Just took a look at the fence. Too much of it for me. Uh... He wasn't working for Pelly when I left. Just got took on this morning. Ah. Oh. Well, you go fix a fence. I'm going my way. Oh? Huh? I told you, I'm going my way. <laughs> no harm if I ride a piece with you, is there? Ain't asked you to. Unsociable, ain't you? Nosy, ain't you? No, just friendly. Oh, look. I don't want anybody riding with me. Now, get on your way. We're going to have trouble. Funny, I I keep looking at you thinking I've seen you before. Well, you ain't. Could have swore I saw you in Carson County. Never was there. Seems like I saw you. You must have worked there. Never was there, I said. Okay, okay. A man can make a mistake, can he? Now get on your way. (laughs) Something funny, mister? Yeah, (laughs) just thinking. Boss sends me out to find you, and here you are dusting off. Here I am, feeling the same way. I ain't anxious to work either. No? How come? I thought you was just took on. Yeah, yeah, but changed my mind. I got enough money. Oh? You? Sure. Ran into a little crap game. Kind of ran in luck. That's so? Yeah. Couldn't make a wrong throw. Kept bobbing sevens, eleven, one right after the other. A man gets in luck, he can make a kill. Yeah, five hundred. Yeah, yeah. I guess you don't feel much like working. Uh, thought maybe I'd hit for New Mexico. Maybe go as far as California. I thought so myself. Yeah, okay, you want to ride with me? Okay by me. Well, I like good company myself. Especially when I got to camp out. You sleeping? Hey. Some you want my saddlebag, Martin? What? I, I thought you were asleep. No, don't reach for it, Martin. I'll blow your head off. Well, what are you getting head up about? Man starts to go through my saddlebags while I'm sleeping. Well, there's no need for that gun. I was just looking for cigarettes. 
Yeah? Sure, that's all. <laughs> what else? You tell me. <laughs> Suspicious-like, ain't you? Call it careful. <laughs> sure, sure. You got a cigarette? Some packs in my saddlebags. Uh, don't mind me nosing around them now, huh? Now while I'm looking. Nope. Cigarettes wrapped up in a piece of old blanket. This bag? Other one. Is it? Yeah, that's it. Wrapped up in that. <laughs> what do you got in here? Feels like a ton of iron. Might be. Unroll the blanket. Yeah. What? <laughs> Recognize that flat iron Orwell? Orwell got himself between me and my horse. He slapped it hard, and the horse jumped toward me. I rolled over and away when Orwell fired again. And then he was gone. I'll wait till morning was to give him a ticket to freedom. I trailed him on foot. For over an hour, we played cat and mouse in the stillness of the country. And then I came to a little arroyo. not going to get away, Orwell. Come out with your hands in the air, Orwell. Hear me? Okay, I'm coming in after you. Toss your gun out, Orwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gun flashes make good targets in the dark, Orwell. How uh, come you know my name? Found it out. Still say you've never been in Carson County? What it... Who are you? Jace Pearson, Texas Rangers. There ain't, there ain't nothing you've got on me. Nothing. I think there is, Orwell. You gave yourself away when you saw the flat iron. Flat iron that killed a man, his wife, and a little kid. Okay, we better get going. The case was closed when Orwell broke down and confessed. Not long after, he went to the electric chair at Huntsville. You have just heard an authentic reenactment of a case from the files of The Texas Rangers. Tonight's script was written by Russell Hughes and produced by Stacy Keach. Next week, the National Broadcasting Company will bring you another case from the records of the oldest law enforcement body in North America. The Texas Rangers. Welcome back. Now, this episode is noteworthy as it features Frank Martin, 
rather than Joel McRae, who would play the lead for the series when it went to air. McRae was definitely a bigger star, and we'll, we'll talk more about him uh, next week. I, I love quite a few things about this episode. Now, they mentioned at the beginning that the Texas Rangers' work really could vary. Uh, they could be working anywhere in the state, and that could include big cities, or it could include some really rural, desolate stretches. And I do appreciate these sort of rural stories that we do get with a Tales of the Texas Rangers. I, I think those tend to predominate. Which actually makes it very different from all of the urban uh, detective programs that went on the air. Now, of course, you would have portrayals of rural crime and other programs, but I also think that uh, Tales of the Texas Rangers was less likely to like pour on a bunch of uh, silliness than another series that might you know, be telling less of a procedural story and more of a mystery with a bit of laughs where the detective stumbles into the rural area. And also we get some great clothes, uh, some mixes of using the then modern technology of uh, radio and maintaining contact with headquarters as you travel across the state by car to riding a horse because you're dealing with uh, a criminal who is most comfortable in those off-the-beaten-track uh, places where even in the first half of the 20th century, and I, I think there are still cases like this today, uh, you're going to have to uh, ride a horse. You're not going to be able to follow someone in a car. And of course, uh, because the ranger's jurisdiction ends at the state line, it's important to uh, figure whether he is going to leave the state. Because if his man's left the state, then uh, the state of Texas needs to put out a warrant for other states to pick him up, and there's just nothing that Ranger Pearson would be able to do. Certainly, that wasn't always the case. Uh, Louis L'Amour, who was dedicated to historical accuracy, wrote the stories of his uh, Texas Ranger, uh, Chick Beaudry, and Beaudry uh, frequently would go out of state or even down into Mexico to get suspects that had successfully left the state. That really was not something that Ranger Pearson would do in the 20th century, whatever uh, Ranger uh, Chick Beaudry might have done in the 19th. If there was one scene, I didn't quite know how I felt about it. It was the, the scene with Ranger Pearson uh, talking to the boy, and when him even bringing up the incident and reminding him of finding the body seemed to make the kid act like it was, you know, practically PTSD that he was going through. Just having to remember any aspect of that. And then getting all excited when he found out that he was helping the ranger. I don't know if it's bad, it just didn't ring true to me. And maybe I'm missing something there, but that was the that was really just kind of a nitpick. This was a really solid audition recording. And while I really enjoy Joel McRae, and it'll be great when we get into hearing him uh, play Jace Pearson next week, 
Frank Martin was okay. Now, I also want to highlight the fact that uh, Andrew Rines, who does sound editing for this podcast, has actually uh, gone through Tales of the Texas Rangers. Uh, he's on his second trip through the series, and you can take a listen at otrwesterns.com. He's more towards the end of the series, so he'll be playing a different episode each week than we're playing right now. But check that out at otrwesterns.com, and you can kind of listen to different episodes at different times. And also compare our, uh, our approaches to different episodes. So encourage you to check that out over at otrwesterns.com. Now, I will say for those who are newer listeners to the podcast, I, the commentary is generally not quite this long, but we are introducing uh, a new series as well as uh, uh, providing some background. So uh, this week's and next week's are going to be a bit longer than normal, so just an FYI on that. All right, well, now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. I do want to go ahead and thank Ronnie, Patreon supporter since May, currently supporting the program at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Well, that will actually do it for today. A reminder, if you're listening to this podcast on YouTube, be sure to uh, like the video, uh, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. Next week on Tuesday, we'll be getting into previously uncirculated episodes of Jeff Regan, and Saturday, of course, we'll be bringing you an episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers. Coming up on Monday, we'll be bringing you another episode of Casey Crime Photographer, where... We have the single lead to work on. Professor Wendell's a definitely... He's a definite complication, huh? If two of Schultz's torches put the snatch on him this morning because he caught him setting a fire, they probably bumped him off by now. Hmm. Uh, well, I don't think Professor Wendell has been bumped off. Why? Casey, the gang won't dare let him live if he saw what we think he did. Oh, they'll give him the works eventually, Annie. But Jake Schultz is going to do a whole lot of thinking before he okays a murder that would hit the front pages and stay there. Logan Jake's in the fire business, but he does his best to avoid strong heat. Yeah. I'll have Skinny Jake and his mouth brought in. We'll force information out of him. Ah, you won't force anything out of Jake or his mouth. That's been tried before. Do you know of anything else we can try? I can try something. You? Yeah. What? I'll have to keep to myself. There can't be any cops in the picture, Logan. Meaning you know some crook who might be persuaded to spill? Meaning you ask no questions and I answer none, now or later. Okay. Help me find Professor Wendell alive, and you can write your own ticket. boy, Logan. Thank you. I'll get started right away. Now, stick around your office here, and I'll phone you after I make my contact. I'll be near the phone. So long. Oh, I'm going with you. See you later, Captain. Okay, Miss Williams. And carry your luckiest horseshoe, Casey. Yeah, I guess I'll need it, pal. I hope you'll be listening then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.